0: Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, and joined, as always, by Matt Williamson. Matt, there's been a lot of news, lots of news lately, and we've been off the air for a while, but we are back, and we're going to cover some news today. What's going on? Yeah, I'm excited about it, and today we're going to go over every AFC team risers
1: and fallers from a Dynasty perspective, and then in the next couple days or a week or so, whenever we get the chance, we're going to do NFC. So the landscape of the NFL right now, It's starting to kind of come to a little bit of a screeching halt. You know, I mean, it was madness there for four or five days, and now the majority of the big dogs have landed. Although more so in the real world than fantasy, and there's still the Adrian Petersons out there. But pretty soon they're gonna the, the the people in charge are gonna go back in their caves and get into heavy draft mode.
0: Yes, absolutely, and this is uh, this has been the time that dynasty players love. Just so much action, so much news. There's we of course knew free agency was coming, but we got a lot of trades as well. Uh, I think a, a surprising number of trades, and some of those specifically were big shocks, and, and we'll get into those a little bit today. But like you said, we are going to go team by team in the AFC. We're going to alternate. Naming some players that we think are gaining dynasty value, losing dynasty value. And we're going to start at the top, Matt. The the New England Patriots.
1: I got to pick your brain, if you don't mind. And I'm in a league that you're not in. Really strong team. I mean, like, just to give you a a quick overview, I have Antonio Brown, Allen Robinson, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, Dante Moncrief, Martavis Bryant, Crabtree. And, you know, that's obviously the strength of my team. Um, I'm okay at running back tight end quarterback, but I also have one, 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 four and one seven. I mean, this seems pretty good. And I got the short end of the stick last year. didn't make a cent, but I don't plan on that being the case. So I've been sitting here thinking that I'm not in love with one, one right now, you know, like, is it Fournette? Is it cook? A little bit of luster has kind of fallen off both those guys. So (laughs) I put on the trading block, I'm fielding offers for 1-1. And the next day, another owner puts on the trading block, Amari Cooper. And so I'm like, well, what do you think about 1-1 for Amari Cooper? And he's like, no, no, no. You know, so, which, you know, I texted you how much, you know, what's the difference between those two? And I would have done that in a heartbeat. That wasn't happening. But he comes back with me with, give me 1-1 and 1-7, and I declined it and said, I'll give you one 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 seven if you give me two four in a future second. And I think he'll say no to that. But what's your opinion? I mean what help me out here. Well, when we
0: were chatting about it over text, I you know, I suggested maybe a Moncrief type player without knowing your roster. And
1: I do have Moncrief, which
0: oh, okay, there you go. So
1: maybe But I think he's in for a big year. I'd like to buy him if I didn't have him.
0: Yeah, he's, he's a player that could go either way. I, I understand some people wanting to give up on him. Uh, and, and if you're a believer in him, now's the time to buy. Last year was not the time to buy him. His his no. value is spiking for, for no reason, really. But anyway, I suggested a Moncrief-type player. I think Moncrief's value right now is probably that mid-first-round range. About 1-7. About 1-7. So okay. I would do 1-1 one, one and 1-7 one, for Cooper. And if you can get a second thrown in, that's that's just icing on the
1: cake. That's gravy. But you think 1-1 one, one and 1-7 one, for Cooper is equal?
0: I think so. Or would uh,
1: rather
0: have Cooper? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd rather have Cooper. I think that's okay. – I mean, like you said, we don't even know who the 1-1 one, one is. You know, for a long time it was assumed it was Fournette. For a while, uh, Cook kind of started getting some hype there. The combine hurt him a little bit. Now it's most people seem to think it's Fournette again. And and these guys, Fournette, Davis, Williams, uh, they're all being projected to go pretty high in the draft. I think most of those guys are, are in the first round of, of most mock drafts I've seen. So they're going to have some big value. I just don't know. I don't know that anybody's going to be the hands-down 1-1. One, one. You know, we had that year. Right. Um, right, right. We had that one year where it was – Julio Jones, AJ Green, and Mark Ingram. Those were the top 3 guys and, and a lot of people took Ingram over those two wide receivers. But if you looked at five different drafts, you might see you might see five different orders of those uh, of those players coming off the board and maybe that's what we end up with this year as well. So but that's just another reason that I would I would make the deal. Okay. Well, then I'll probably get something done. Well, Matt, as you mentioned earlier, we are going to look uh, team by team at the AFC, uh, just going over some moves they made, kind, kind of a free agency review, but also looking at some of the trades, some of the contract moves these teams have made, and thinking about which of these players are rising in dynasty value, which are falling and we're going to start at the top with the New England Patriots, the Super Bowl champs. They have been busy. They have been bringing in some new players. They've been uh, re-signing some of their key players, especially on defense. But when you're talking about risers, dynasty risers from the Patriots, I'm I'm going to start us off here. I think it has to be Rex Burkhead. We talked yeah. about him a little bit with uh, with Alex Gelhar on our last episode, which was previewing free agency, and we all suggested. Go check your waiver wire for Rex Burkhead. Maybe he lands in a good spot. Maybe he lands with a team who is going to give him some playing time, which didn't really happen with the Bengals. <coughs> and as a guy who's uh, who's basically free on a lot of waiver wires, why not? That's what I did. I grabbed him in one league, and, and it happened. He lands with the Patriots. They give him more money than they've given a running back in the past five or six or seven years. I can't remember the exact date, but it was the past several years. He's going to be the highest paid running back as of now. LeGarrette Blunt is gone. Uh, he's still out there in free agency. They do have James White. They do have Dion Lewis is as, as fun as Lewis is to watch. He's an injury waiting to happen. And White has been hot and cold through games. I'm starting to buy into Rex Burkhead and, and, whether you're buying in or not, he is gaining value. So you can take advantage of that and sell him, or you can try to buy him before it's too late, depending on what your perspective is. That's a real good one.
1: Um, I think the obvious answer is Tom Brady, is not only give him Burkhead, but you give him Allen and you give him Cooks. I mean, whatever value he had, I think goes up. I mean, I think his projections for his numbers are higher now than they were a month ago. In terms of losers, I think Lewis is the obvious one. You know, that it, I still think they're going to add a big back. They've always had a big back, Corey Dillon, Blunt, those types. And they always have the receiver, who I think James White is the pure receiver. Blunt has been the big blunt force trauma guy. And Lewis kind of split the difference, where Burkhead kind of splits the difference, too, that I think they might be looking at Lewis and saying, we can't trust you anymore. We like Rex better. We trust them, and still bring in a big guy. So I think Lewis is a decliner. Is Cooks a decliner? I think slightly. That was a pretty damn good situation he was in in New, York, New Orleans. And I also think his arrival hurts a guy like Malcolm Mitchell a little bit.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see Mitchell as a follower. I could see Chris Hogan as a follower with the, with the Cooks arrival. Um, for me, Cooks is about the same value-wise. I've mentioned before, I think, on Twitter and, uh, and other spots that I think that New England bump, if nothing else helps cooks, you know, anybody that goes to the Patriots, we like to, we like to put every free agent with new England and when they actually land there, whether it's in this case, it's via trade. Everybody they, gets kidding. Yeah. I think they, I think they gained some value deserve it or not. Um, but new Orleans is a pretty ripe spot. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Of course that was as far as their passing volume, that was basically the best spot he could be in. So, I think value holds steady and I could see production dipping a little bit. Let's stay in the AFC East and let's look at the Miami Dolphins. And uh, Matt, I'm going to let you get started this time with the uh, riser for the Dolphins. Who do you see gaining value there? I didn't see an obvious one. Um, I think Julius Thomas.
1: I mean, because Cameron's gone they at least made an effort. I mean, they're kind of swapping garbage that they were going to cut Albert and they were going to cut Thomas and but at least they had a you know a desire to bring him in. Gase has a very good track record with tight ends. And I think you make the argument too that Tannehill stock went up a little bit because he didn't lose anything. Still's returned. You throw Thomas in the mix.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a good point. You know, looking at every single team in the AFC, trying to pick one player who's gaining value in that on that team, one pl- player who is losing. Some are obvious, some are kind of hidden, but but we might believe in those, and some just aren't there. Some of these teams right. haven't made very many moves, so we're not going to try to force it too much. I think Thomas makes sense. He was he was just basically a nothing with the Jaguars between that situation, some of his injury issues. So maybe the fresh start helps him. Maybe he's not quite done. I could see that one. I like the Tannehill call too. You mentioned stills resigning. And and because of that, I think the faller is pretty easy. It's Leontay Carew for me. Yeah. We've seen reports that they don't even trust him as their, as their third wide receiver, which became evident when they, when they re-signed stills. Um, Carew was a guy I liked last year uh, a lot in this pre-draft process and, and going through rookie drafts. Uh, he was a trendy guy this time of year before we knew where he was going to end up. Kind of lost some value when he did go to Miami. Of course, they're, they they were stocked and, and still are in some ways at wide receiver. So he, he lost some value before the season even started, and then he could barely see the field. I think he had two catches all year or something like that. Uh, so his, his value continues to drop. And if he doesn't, you know, if he can't get on the field pretty early this season, he's going to end up on dynasty waiver wires. In the real world, if I was a team
1: like the 49ers, I might send Miami, a, hey, we'll give you a fifth round pick for Carew if you're not big on him, you know, because I liked him a year ago. He uh, is blocked, though. That's a great call.
0: Yeah, that just doesn't – things like that don't seem to happen very often, no, no, which no. is kind of surprising. Um, they just let those those young guys sit and rot sometimes, and, and we're not – you know, as fans or as fantasy players, we're not exactly sure what the story is, what's going on to to limit their playing time. Let's look at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm going to start with their riser. This is one of those. I, I don't think there was – an obvious choice they haven't made too many moves uh, they let a couple of their their free agents go but they signed two fullbacks which right was you know it was kind of odd was kind of surprising but they signed DeMarco from the Falcons who was a big part of their offense so to me the winner is LaShawn McCoy there were there were rumors they were even going to consider cutting McCoy or, or trading him which just didn't seem to make much sense and at this point it Seems like those were just rumors he's going to stay there. So the addition of uh, DeMarco and Mike Tolbert, they also signed longtime Carolina Panther. Guys like that can only help your your lead running back. So maybe McCoy hangs on one more year as that, as that top 10 running back. Yeah,
1: and, and along those lines, I'm still scooping up Jonathan Williams too. I mean, one more year removed from that injury. McCoy's a year older. I think Williams could be highly relevant sooner than later, and I think you can get him for dirt cheap right now.
0: Yeah, you can. The only thing that concerns me on him is is Gillisley. They seem yeah, to love him. You they know, do. they they re-signed him as well or gave him an extension. I'm not exactly sure, but I know they're they're obviously keeping him around. And yeah, they seem to like Gillisley quite a bit. Uh, anybody gotta, lose a ride with the Bills? Well, I had a hard time with that.
1: I, I, yeah. I thought another riser though could be. Whoever the heck the starting receiver is opposite
0: Sammy Watkins, you know, with Woods gone, but I just don't know who that is. It's so barren. Well, right now it's it's Philly Brown, right? They send they send yeah. him, former Panther, I believe, and uh, I mean, I'm not running out to get him. No, 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 no. So they they've <laughs> got to make a move. You could almost argue that Tyrod Taylor's a loser because uh, of that, right? You know, because they he still has no no weapons outside of outside of Sammy in the passing game and and honestly, I know we've both been big fans of Watkins, but he's tough to trust at this point. so it's it's very conceivable that he could miss three or four or five games every year. You know, it's tough to look at any season and expect him to play all sixteen. so real quick i I had asked you about Cooper versus one one.
1: Would you trade the one one for Sammy?
0: Yes, yeah, I, I would too but you
1: wouldn't give up like one, one and one seven for, Oh shooting.
0: wait, I'm sorry. No, I'd rather have the one, one.
1: Oh, would you? Yeah. I, I think that one's close. I like, I still, um, I can't quit Sammy. I love him.
0: No, I think it's close to, um, you know, both those guys are looking at like both those guys being whoever ends up at the, as the one, one, be it Fournette or, or cook or even one of the receivers. I think they end up with a second round ADP once we're beyond the NFL draft. So, Sammy and, and that one one rookie are going to end up a second rounder, so pretty similar value. I th- I think that's kind of a toss up. I, I'd probably just take the pick and uh, and go from there. Easier thing to shop too. The Jets, oh Ugh. the Jets. The, the, we we won't nope. spend much time on the Jets. Um, they've lost a couple of quarterbacks. They of course they cut Brandon Marshall. Uh, the The losers there are probably everybody on the team. Yeah, Jets fans are the losers. Yeah. Uh, Do you see anybody as gaining value with the Jets?
1: I mean, could you make the – I mean, I'm really reaching here, but now that Marshall's gone, could you say Decker's going to get 5% more targets or 10% more targets? Maybe a lot of them garbage time. Uh, Uh, Jalen Marshall or one of those receivers step up a little bit. I mean, I'm reaching.
0: uh, Well, I think think that line of thinking makes sense. I still – would not be surprised at all if Decker is cut as well. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what where the guarantees and uh, some some of those contracts have date cut that he might be cut by this certain date. So I, I think Decker's probably still going to end up being gone. The, the two guys at wide receiver who could benefit are, of course, Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anunwa. Both of those guys played well uh, for stretches last season. Anunwa uh, early on, Anderson at the end of the year. Who knows if either one of those guys are, are for real, but they're both they're both cheap. You know, you can get them very late in a startup draft. We're talking 10th, 12th, 15th round on. Uh, you could buy either one. You could probably buy both with a third-round rookie pick if you wanted to in, in any of your leagues. So, again, those are guys like Burkhead that if you do believe, now's the time to go buy them before they gain any value.
1: I mean, I guess you can make a really weak argument that – Hackenberg and Petty both took a slight step forward because nobody else has been brought in yet. I mean, I still think Jay Cutler could end up there or something along those lines, but there's a chance that those guys actually, they haven't been totally blocked yet.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, In general, looking at that Jets roster, I will, I'll take a shot on Bilal Powell cheap again. He's, Mm -hmm. he's basically been a, a league winner almost two years in a row. End of season. He's stepped up, he's performed well, and he's helped fantasy teams and, and helped the Jets as well, a little bit at least. So I'll take Bilal Pal cheap. Everybody else, I don't really want the the follower and dynasty value I had written down is Matt Forte. It's not necessarily anything that's happened over the past few weeks through free agency or anything. It's just kind of taking a look back at his his season last year. I, I just think he's he's hit that wall. I just think he's done. He has Basically, no dynasty value left at all. And uh, I, I think Pal is clearly the better runner at this point.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And, and it, it very well could, could get to the point in the season where they're 0-6. And, and, you know, why do we even need Forte around? Or, you know, I mean, let's get some young guys, some carries, you know, fifth-round pick or something, or Pal. You had mentioned value and saving money. Well, our friends over at Loot Crate, if you use our code, you can save all kinds of money with them. So Primal is the, is the theme this month, and it's only going on another day or two, actually. But if you're on the quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles, Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month, which is a steal. Whether you're shopping for a geek in your life or if you are that geek, Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming. Every month there's a different theme and new exclusive items that only get you via Loot Crate. Uh treat yourself every month and give them a geeking out to a friend or a loved one. The roar in the distance is a call. Will you answer it? The month is going this month we're going primal and unleashing beasts of some pop culture's most ferocious franchises. The Savage Savagely Sweet collection has items from Overwatch, Wolverine, Jurassic World, and Predator, and as always includes our monthly tee and Pin. So on the 19th at 9 o'clock PM Pacific, this primal theme will end. But there'll be a new theme if you use our information after that point, if you're getting this late or depending when you listen. So you go to lootcrate.com and you backslash Dynasty Blueprint, and you'll save a couple bucks every month off your crate. So that's what you got to do.
0: Let's move over to the AFC West now. We're going to start with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's another team who has not made many moves. I'm going with the winner there, Spencer Ware. Of course, they cut Jamal Charles, which was widely uh, assumed that they would. They haven't brought in any other running backs. They haven't really reportedly shown interest in any running backs. I still think they probably had somebody. I don't think they were especially pleased with Sharkandrick West last year. So I think they had a running back either through free agency or, or maybe the draft. But for now, I think Ware is looking like a winner. But admittedly, that's a, a bit of a stretch. They just haven't done much. See any followers with the and,
1: and they locked up their guard, uh, Tardif, that uh, people don't really know about, but he's a good player. Um, they, I, I look at their offensive line and think if they could add one more guard, this offense would be pretty close to complete. I think they'll do that in the draft, which would help wear as well. But generally speaking, I don't know that there's much to talk about in Kansas City in terms of rising and falling.
0: What about with the Oakland Raiders? They have made some moves. Uh, of course, they let Latavius Murray go. There's there's an opening there now. Do you, who do you see gaining value in Oakland? Carr for sure.
1: You know, I mean, you add Bennett to the equation. Th- that's really difficult to just you know to defend Crabtree, Cooper, Bennett. They're, they're, they're running backs or good receivers. Do you mean Although, do you mean Cook? Cook? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I, I kept thinking Bennett was going to be a Raider and he wasn't. And the musical chairs. Sending Cook to Oakland and Bennett to Green Bay. That's my error. But, yes, I think Cook is still a big upgrade over Walford, who's certainly a loser in this. Um, and I think that benefits Carr a lot.
0: I agree. And and Walford was my guy. I, I list yeah. as a follower. He was the guy both of us, Matt, w- were buying last year. He had the opportunity, and he just didn't get it done. They they signed Cook, of course. And like you said, they showed interest in Martellus Bennett. Uh, before he signed with Green Bay so um, I think Clive is is clearly a loser here probably not even worth a roster spot in Dynasty
1: yeah I missed on him bad I mean a year ago I was telling everyone trade your early second
0: rounder for Clive Walford he's in my doghouse he's on, <laughs> he's on the bad list now yeah yeah the Broncos are another team I struggled to find a, a, a player gaining value they're kind of their key players are in a similar situation as of now Sanders and uh, CJ Anderson and Demarius Thomas. I I guess the guy kind of like you were talking about with the Jets quarterbacks, the guy may be gaining a little value is Trevor Simeon just because they haven't brought in another quarterback yet. Of course they've been in the middle of the Romo rumors, but the more, the longer this goes on, the less interest the Broncos seemingly have. So Maybe the winner there is Simeon, or maybe it's even Paxton Lynch. See, I had Lynch as a loser,
1: but, um, again, I was really straining. And I believe – and when I was at the Combine, a little birdie told me that Denver really wants Romo. And maybe they're sick of it they're getting done with that deal and that they think Lynch is immature as a person and as a quarterback and isn't ready and that Simeon's not good enough and he's coming off an injury right now. So, obviously, there's a big – you know, chip the fall here. That I, I, I very much believe Romo's going to end up in Denver or Houston, who we'll talk about here down the line. And if he does end up in Denver, Demarius, Emmanuel, I mean, those guys are definitely winner or, you know, gaining steam. And Lynch loses steam. So I picked Lynch as a loser because I think that Romo has a 50% chance of landing there. Um, although I think the tight end situation is interesting too. That It wouldn't shock me at all if their first-round pick is Njoku or, you know, a, a tight end.
0: Yeah, as of right now, I don't think there's much there to look at with tight end. You know, Green, Derby, even Jeff Harriman are are guys that I've stashed at at one time or another over the past couple of years, Mm -hmm. but none of those have have really separated from the group or or even stood out at all. I think the Lynch call does does make sense as a loser. You know, they take the guy in the first round, they barely play him. If Simeon hadn't gotten hurt a couple times with some minor injuries, he probably wouldn't have stepped on the field and now they're shopping around again with Romo or, or somebody potentially. So Lynch does make sense as a loser. And just the way quarterbacks are valued in dynasty leagues already. Right. uh, I mean, even, even the the average starter has very little dynasty value. So if you can't even get on the field, you were originally a, a third or even a fourth round rookie pick in dynasty leagues. Then why carry those guys? So Lynch is another guy who could end up on Dynasty waiver wires. All right, the last team in the AFC West is the Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to let you get started with the riser for the Chargers. I I certainly think it's Gordon. Not that that he's rising
1: from where he ended last year because Woodhead was hurt. But Woodhead, I mean, I forget who was saying it, but the numbers that Gordon puts up when Woodhead is healthy and when he isn't, are astronomically different. You know, he's become somewhat of a well-rounded receiver, put up big numbers when Woodhead was out. Now Woodhead's in Baltimore. I would imagine they'll add a running back, but I I think Gordon still has a pretty good chance to be a true every-down back, and there just aren't many of those around. Plus, they seem like they're putting a lot of tension in their offensive line, which needs it.
0: I had a tough time identifying a player losing value with the Chargers, looking at, at their yep. key offensive roster. The player I settled on is actually one I would suggest buying low on. It's Travis Benjamin. He, wow. he of course, started out well with them last year after coming over from Cleveland. Uh, Allen gets hurt. Tyrell William, C- C- Williams breaks out. Uh, there's, there's a lot of options there in that offense. Uh, both tight ends, of course. Dontrell Inman is that guy who just always sticks around and, and makes a play once every other game or so. And I've seen them projected to take a wide receiver early in the draft, maybe even in the first round. So there's plenty of competition there. But Benjamin is a guy who participating in these mock drafts each month, he's going in the 18th, 19th, 20th round. Sometimes he's he's even being or going undrafted through 20 rounds of a startup mock draft. And and I just don't get it. But based on that, he's, he's clearly lost some value at some point, probably that back half of the season. So he's another guy kind of like Forte. Nothing necessarily has happened in the past few weeks to change his value. It's maybe just more of me gaining an understanding that his value has dropped. And in this case, I, I would try to buy him.
1: Yeah, I can't say I feel super strong about that. I mean – uh, to me, he seems like they're probably is, is their fourth receiver, and and I think Henry's role bumps up a little bit. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't know that I want him on my roster.
0: Right. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. What about your Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, another team that just has not made many moves. I I had the riser there. I went with Antonio Brown. Um, he resigns the con- He signs the contract extension. We know he's going to be staying in Pittsburgh. Uh, where he's had so much success. I don't think anybody really thought he was going anywhere, but uh, there was a a little bit of a dispute and, and some pretty crazy rumors that maybe teams were calling and trying to steal him away. Uh, But he signs the contract extension. He will be staying in Pittsburgh, probably finishing his career in Pittsburgh with Roethlisberger Ross, and that crew. Who do you see losing value in Pittsburgh? Well, there hasn't been
1: any changes. So not, and there's not really an obvious one because of changes, but, I think because this is such a tight end, heavy draft that Pittsburgh will use. They have, they have four picks in the first three rounds. They have a supplemental pick in the third round. I I can almost guarantee that one of those four, one of those day one or two picks will be a tight end. So I think that hurts Ladarius green and Jesse James to some degree, because I think they'll bring in somebody good from there, but it kind of under the radar signing. They signed Justin Hunter, who I I trust. I mean, I, I, Hate to admit it, but I used to love him, you know, like everybody else did at one point. And it just makes me worry a little bit about Coates, you know, more, not, not Martavis as much, but Coates had a really bad hand injury. And there is some rumor that that might never quite heal right. And they brought in a big downfield guy in that Coates Bryant role.
0: So, I mean, you're, you're obviously a Pittsburgh guy, a Steelers fan, and, and you cover the Steelers as well. What's the deal with Bryant?
1: I, I've heard all good things. That, okay. that he's growing up. They have faith in him to come back. He has not yet been reinstated. He's now eligible. It's just waiting on the commission to give him the stamp of approval that he can come back. But I think they have high hopes.
0: For me, he's he's still a guy I'm just avoiding in Dynasty. His, his value is slowly and steadily climbing back. He's probably going to cost you a sixth or seventh round startup pick if you're in a new mm-hmm. league, and that's – as much talent as he has, as much as he's shown us, that's just too rich for me with that with that off-field uh, risk. All right, a team that has made quite a few moves, the Baltimore Ravens. Who's gaining value with the Ravens, Matt? I don't know. I really wanted to say
1: Dixon, and then they signed Woodhead, and Dixon gets suspended for four games. Does that suspension really boost Woodhead even more? Or does that give West a little you know, shot to really take that job before Dixon comes back? I'm a big Dixon fan. You know I can't quit Perryman either. I mean, they haven't really brought anyone in to challenge Perryman, and I think that's a little bit of a showing of faith that they think he might be turning the corner. But I'm reaching because I like him.
0: Yeah, I still like Perryman too. Uh, but on the running backs, I, I mean, I think Woodhead's the clear winner for, if we're yeah. talking dynasty value. Two weeks ago, he we just assumed he'd probably go back to San Diego because of the injury, or I should say, back to the Chargers, now Los Angeles. Um, you, you know, the injury, and that's where he'd been. He'll, he'll probably just re sign with them and stick there. And he surprises us and, and goes to Baltimore for uh, relatively big money. <laughs> you know, Lacey. Lacey took a while to get signed. Latavius Murray took a while to get signed. Charles and Peterson are still out there. But Woodhead, I think, was the first running back to sign in that in that free agency period. So just that the Ravens made the move to get him, I think boost his value a little bit. The Dixon suspension, and, and I did have Dixon down as, as the loser, even though he's another player I would try to buy low on. Uh, obviously, that suspension helps Woodhead even more. Yeah, I guess. I mean,
1: uh, again, I, I'm I'm all, I don't see clear ones there, but I mean, we're talking
0: short term. The I yeah. mean, the Dixon suspension is four games. You know, in, in fantasy, in our fantasy leagues, we might be zero and four, and and you're still not necessarily out of it, you know, potentially. So, yeah, I, I would I would be buying Dixon. I would I'd be buying. Woodhead as well, just because I think you can still get him for an early third or something like that. If your waiver wire is not open, he might even be on your waiver wire. You can grab him with a uh, with a rookie pick, a rookie free agent pick, depending on your league format.
1: i like to call it buying Dixon right now, though. I bet owners are pretty grumpy with him right now.
0: You're giving a mid-second for him easily, right? Oh, yeah. yeah early I thinking, second?
1: I was, I was thinking I'd give up. One twelve, maybe at the best, but probably an early second, and be happy about it.
0: Yeah, I think I think you can buy him with the one twelve pretty easily. Let's think. look at the Bengals. Um, I had the riser, and uh, it was that was a challenge. Uh, I went with Brandon LaFell only because they re-signed him, and that shows some type of commitment. I was I was actually surprised they did, but I'm I'm sure the contract was was very reasonable. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, that that was a stretch, like you said. Who's who's losing value in Cincinnati? Everyone.
1: I think the entire organization, the fan base. I think this team is going to go back to being one of the perennial losers. And
0: for now Canada, you're wearing you're wearing a Steelers shirt while you say all this, right? Yes, true. Okay, but go ahead. I'll say good things
1: about the Browns, and but not that they're quite the threat to the Steelers yet. But <laughs> anyway, I just think you they have a chance to have the league's worst offensive line now. That their right tackle situation was a big problem. Center has been a problem. They had two high quality dudes. Now they're playing with the Rams and Browns. And I think everybody's a loser.
0: I just I don't get I don't it. Understand? I don't I don't know what their cap situation is. You they're know. They're cheap
1: I'd... to be very honest. The, the the problem is they're cheap.
0: But they they don't even seem to be putting up a fight. They other than resigning LaFell, which is uh which is the so what move they let everybody else go. Basically all these big names getting pretty significant contracts, like you said, from the Rams and, and the Browns and everybody else. I mean, I, I don't want their, I don't want Hill or geo of course mm. green. Green is still sure. money in the bank. I for, I'm, I'm still a, a fan of, I, I do think the, the Lafelle thing is, is maybe a sign that Boyd is, you know, just, just a wide receiver three.
1: I think at, that's exactly what he is. I think at best. Right. I think he's a sell right now, if you can.
0: So that team, that team's not looking good. What about the Browns? Who's, who's the winner? Who's rising among the Browns players? Uh, Crowell and Duke. I mean, I, I think that they have wisely
1: gone out and, built themselves a really good offensive line these two moves to me are we talk about a lot is there's there's teams in the league there's five six seven eight teams that have really good offensive lines and then there's everyone else that's searching like crazy and I think the Browns are now in that really luxury area of having a really good offensive line and I think it makes the whole offense a lot more you know the opposite of the Bengals I think the, the whole offense will be more functional but there's not a quarterback they even talk about now. So I think that Crowell and Duke both get a bump. And I think they tendered Crowell pretty high, which makes you think they like him a lot.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he seems to be gaining value, not only because of some of the moves they made with the offensive line and, and just uh, kind of gaining some stability in general, but I think he's another player that we're looking back on and realizing what a strong year he had. Yeah, um, I mentioned this with Forte. I, I look back and think and realize, oh, he he was terrible this year. <laughs> with Crowell, it was, it's the opposite. You, you look back at that season and and the team and the offensive line he had to deal with, and and you think, wow, he he had a he had a really strong year. He might uh, he might be legit. And if you
1: remember, I mean, I think when he came out of high school, people were talking about him like as the super recruit. You know, like
0: there's ability there. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a big time recruit. Went to Georgia, had some off field trouble. The same story we've heard with some of these other some of these other players. Uh, ended up at a small college and went undrafted. And that you know that's the path. Thomas Rawls has done the same thing, and of course Joe Mixon has been the talk of the pre draft process, uh, going through some similar off field <laughs> issues. You, you mentioned uh, Mixon
1: and. You know, I'm sitting here saying, "Boy, the Browns' running backs are getting a little bump," but the Browns have so many draft picks. You know, they could use their second round pick on Joe Mixon, and then you're like, "Oh, uh, oh well." <laughs> you know, they could easily draft the back.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's the danger with twenty five of the running backs in the league. True, I, true. I would, I would not, and not just Mixon, but I would not feel safe buying any running back outside of um, the ones you're going to have to really pay up for. Uh, you know. Yeah. Bell and um, Bell and Johnson and Zeke, and that's about it. And then the, well, the Falcons, the Falcons are probably safe just because they have the duo, the pair of them. But outside of the outside of that, any team could could add a running back, and some of these running backs are are going to end up with Fournette as the starter if he's drafted in the first round i'm sure he will be or uh, dalvin cook or joe mixon or and, and that that list goes on and on even if we're talking about second third and fourth round guys like jamal williams and p ryan and all these guys they're going to at least be a threat agreed
1: my only point was because cleveland has so many picks they have one more ball that could pop up mixon or, or you know what i mean like they have they have a higher percentage chance maybe of landing that quarter or that running back that breaks
0: your heart. Right. Well, they also have more needs than That's basically true. any team. <laughs> right. And, and and they have to look at running back as really as the strength of their team. They have I two good say. ones. They don't have two good anything else. Right. No, you're right. The other move, or the I guess the big move they made centers around the wide receiver position. They let uh, Terrell Pryor go. He goes to Washington, of course. They bring in Kenny Britt. I think Britt's a loser there. You know, I like the direction the Browns are going, but as of now, they don't have a quarterback there. No matter what they do, I think it's safe to assume they're still going to be bad. They're going to be a four- or five-win team probably at best. So, I don't know. Britt had some hype coming off a career year. People were hoping he would leave the Rams and – uh, go somewhere that was uh, really juicy for his dynasty value, and the opposite of that happened.
1: And that being said, I think in a somewhat of the same vein, Coleman's a little bit of a winner too. Yeah, you know, I think he's got a pretty good chance to have to be their number one receiver.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that the same way. Um, I, I like, I, I still like Britt. I just uh, it, it just wasn't that bump some of us were hoping for. No. Right. Let's finish up with the AFC South and the Houston Texans. I've got the winner and this might be the easiest one of the entire show. It's Deandre Hopkins. Uh, They make the move to, to dump uh, Brock Osweiler and, and just like Brett, we don't know who, who nukes quarterback is going to be, but it's gotta be better than it was last year. Uh, It might be Romo just like uh, the Broncos are in the running uh, it could be, it could even be Tom Savage, but I think it's going to be better than what we had that, that commitment to Osweiler that, that just killed Hopkins' fantasy season. Yeah, they
1: disliked him so much that they gave up a second round pick to get rid of him. You know, what I mean? <laughs> it kind of says everything you need to know. Um, Hopkins is clearly the riser, but really the entire offense is. And I really think Romo's got a 50 50 chance of being either in Houston or Denver. But if I'm Houston, unlike Denver, and I don't get Romo, I think I call Cutler, and Cutler's a big upgrade over what they had last year. Um, I can't come up with any losers though. Um, no, not
0: really. Um, they
1: yeah. they they could bring in a tight end. Um, yeah, they re-signed Griffin, who's not bad, and Fedorowicz is okay, and
0: yeah, that that team is is kind of status quo. I mean, the loser yeah. the loser is Osweiler. Right, right. Of course, he's he's not even there anymore.
1: He what lost about the, long ago,
0: though. Right. What about the Titans?
1: Any winners with the Titans? Um, a little bit of a stretch because they've done nothing. Their offense is exactly the same, but because they didn't sign Deshaun Jackson or Alshon Jeffrey, like some of us thought they might, I would say Matthews, kind of for keeping status quo, right, left, is somewhat of a winner. Although I think there's a really good chance that they use a first round pick on a wide receiver but still that's not as bad a threat as you know, Alshon Jeffrey come to town.
0: Right. And, and for the same reason, uh, this is another one of those. That's probably a stretch. I had Mariota as, as the loser. Yeah. He, I don't really see him losing dynasty value. And I don't think he, he should, he's a guy that, that I would be buying, but they didn't get Jeffrey. They didn't get Jackson. They are rumored to, uh, to add a rookie, like you said, that, many mocks have them taking even Mike Williams or Corey Davis in the first Mm -hmm. round. So I think Mariota comes out of this just fine. But as of now, he, he lost Kendall, Wright. He, uh, and then that wide receiver situation was already pretty rough.
1: Yeah. But I think that'll be their number one priority from this point on. I mean, they were even rumored to be involved in the cooks conversation.
0: All right. What about the Colts? Uh, I'll say the winner is Jack Doyle. Of course, they give him the, the new contract. Uh, and then the day after that, they ship Dwayne Allen out of town. So I know some people like the Eric Swoop kid, former basketball player. I don't know a ton about him. But, but Doyle's the clear starter now, even as, as he was last year, basically. And I think he's gaining a little value. Yeah, and to expand on that,
1: they may, they ran more multiple tight end sets than any team in the league. And their offensive coordinator, Chadzinski, I was actually, he was our tight end coach when I was with the Browns, and Pagano is our secondary coach, is a tight end coach by trade. You know, he coached all those great tight ends at the U. Um, So, Allen leaving, I think, benefits both those guys, but they still may draft one. I mean, if you're going to run that many multiple tight end sets, you really need three. So, but I don't see any losers. I mean, nothing else changed.
0: And let's finish up with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is the. Winner, the the riser among the Jags.
1: I don't know. I mean, they didn't do anything. I mean, all they did was trade. Beecham turns into Albert and Thomas goes to Miami. But the rest of the offense is basically the same. I guess Bortles is somewhat of a winner because nobody's knocked them off his starting role yet. But that's not real high praise. I, I struggled with that one. I thought that was a tough team.
0: Yeah, they just haven't done done too much among the uh, – the offensive fantasy significant players there. I, I have the follower as as Yeldon and Ivory. They've been uh, rumored to be very interested in, uh, not really in any free agent running backs, but uh, expected to draft a rookie running back pretty high and, and some even projecting, again, Leonard Fournette to go there. Uh, I think the writing's on the wall with Yeldon and Ivory. I'm surprised Ivory still is even on the team. And like we've said with some of the other running backs, it's it's just uh, it's just a, a matter of time before these guys see the value fall out from under.
1: Yeah, and this is a, definitely in uh, a, a prime candidate to add an immediate starter. You know that that early second round pick, or maybe even Fournette early or early in the first. Yeah, I think my Yeldon love is not working out either
0: yeah I was I was with you. I was with you on that one too. Um, any other moves made by AFC teams you wanted to talk about that we we might have missed? No,
1: I mean, we never talk team defense, but I think Jacksonville's building a really good one. I mean, it's just, just a little note on the side. But no, uh, nothing really stands out to me. I mean, you?
0: No, I think we I think we kind of blitz through those, BFC. Like you mentioned earlier, we will be covering the NFC on our next episode. Um, and, And by then, we may even have more news to cover. We might have a landing spot for Adrian Peterson or Jamal Charles. Or maybe we have to wait until the summer for those moves. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.